I'm Craig Constantine. Welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast, where I talk with movement enthusiasts to find out who they are, what they do, and why they do it. My guest today is Frank Mejia. Welcome, Frank. Happy to be here. I sometimes make the joke that I tell the guests, yeah, talk about whatever you want. I'll try to keep you in sight, which is actually <laughs> apropos of today, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, yeah, I'm going to need binoculars. But uh, first off the bat, move, NYC, you, listening, you're going, right? Because if you go, you can totally play tag under Frank's direction. Run, like you're being chased, over to themovementcreative.com and click on Move NYC. So there's that. Welcome back, Frank. You were a guest on Movers Mindset in like 2019, if my homework is correct, somewhere in the, in the 40s, 45, I think it was. Um, and I think it's interesting that two years later, not only are you still doing um, WCT World Chase Tag, um, but that it seems like your passion for it has continued to grow. And I, I think it's always a good sign when people you know, get into something early and then as the thing grows and changes, their passion still like fits. Cause it, I, I've never had it happen to me, but I've heard horror stories of like, I fell in love with some activity and then I started doing it and then it changed. So I'm thinking that it would be interesting to get your uh, thoughts on maybe how uh, world chase tag has evolved. And especially now that it's, it's really becoming a global phenomenon. Like it's really gone international. We have teams from all over. Um, so I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on like the experience having gone there multiple times and just starting to see the thing grow. And now we have multiple teams and athlete development and p teams looking for new people and things like that. Yeah. So I definitely do think it is one of the interesting things to see happen within the parkour slash ninja warrior community, as it is a thing that a lot of us wouldn't really anticipate for the community, like for more than years to come, like, because, you know, as well as I do, parkour is still, like, relatively, if not in, in its infancy, it's still, like, a toddler. So it's still, like, trying to figure out how to walk and do all these different things. Right. So seeing these kind of things in terms of professional sport development happen with the sport is just very fascinating to watch. And it definitely has changed since the first time I ever competed. It was just kind of like, oh, come on out. It'll be fun. You're invited. Stuff like this. So now where it's like, no, we have to qualify. We have to make sure that dot your I's, cross your T's. You have to make sure that you're actually sufficient enough to be able to compete at the threshold that you want to compete in. Hmm. Uh, what's What do people push back on when you try to convince them that playing tag is, I mean, I think tag is fun, but I, I got to believe that people are a little reticent to like really get in there and mix it up. Whether or not you have like a formal quad, like the, the World Chase Tag course, it's called the quad, whether or not you have a formal quad, um, but just do people push back when you say, let's play tag, or is it the kids are in, but the adults are out, or how does the dynamic work when you try to share that with people? So kids will always love it. The adults will be kind of hit or miss. They'll, if it goes into like the serious competitive aspect, like, because there's a difference when saying, let's play tag now, and then let's play chase tag, is what we've been noticing, like, with both our classes and students as we've been doing them, to where when you say chase tag, they know the format and everything already and they know what's expected of it while when it comes to playing tag it's just oh cool just i'll tap you oh i gotta run away oh, okay have fun. so <laughs> it's definitely interesting to see that divergence start to develop like slowly but surely as more generations of practitioners come into fruition um with that being said the adults are definitely like 
just like with parkour, hit or miss. Sometimes they'll like be, this is what I've always wanted to do. Other times they'll be like, wow, it's pretty cool. I'm going to go that way. <laughs> nice. See ya. And, Bye. Yeah. And then there are always the fun Instagram comments or YouTube comments where it's like, bro, it's just tag. Anyone could do that. And then you see their Instagram like profile pic is like them on a chair, just like drinking beers or something. <laughs> well, not anyone can do that, sir. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you find that the way that you've trained? So, you know, I'm guessing you can remember it's not that far ago that you can remember the before WCT, how you used to train, how you used to approach, you know, conditioning, like, you know, there's the Frank before chase and then there's the Frank after chase. And how has your, your personal, you know, the things that call to you in movement, the kind of training you want to do, how has that changed, you know, over the, over your experience of WCT? Ooh, that is an interesting one. Because before I was definitely kind of, um, fits the setting, more of like a New York style when it comes to like training parkour, where it's like jumping, technical aspects and things like that. And I'd always play around with speed to a certain degree. But going into World Chase Tag, it does a lot more reactiveness and dynamic movements in comparison. And just being able to react in a way that you can actually influence the other person because that's the biggest diverge is you're no longer just like going against whatever set challenge you created mm -hmm. for yourself you're going against another individual and you have to try and figure out how to maneuver around them so where you can meet your own goal which is usually either to tag them or to not get tagged so it's definitely like changed a lot of things of like how i perceive oh we could do this to make you faster or, oh this could be a thing you can do to get like better reactionary skills or this and that because I know, remember definitely before I'd focus more on like just big power moves as much as my little body can take. So that way I can try and meet everyone else where they are. Right. It's, an, it's interesting how your perspective shifts when your goal shifts. Um, do you find that the WCT, uh, I don't want to say it's not three-dimensional because it's clearly three-dimensional. Um, but I'm just wondering if you feel like when you're in the quad, does it really feel like you're moving in a three-dimensional space? Or, or do you feel more like, I really want to go in this direction, and then it's just a matter of like parkour skill solving how to go there because, oh, it's up or it's down or it's through. I'm just trying to get a feel for like, what is the experience of trying to move through the quad you know, while accomplishing the goal, which is tag or avoid, not your goal is not move through the quad per se. Mm -hmm. It definitely feels like it feels like 3D chess, but just at a very rapid pace. Just because of that other individual, and you, you will get feedback from them regardless of what they do. So then, that in turn tells you what you have to make as your next decision of like, okay, they're idling there. Do I keep going, or do I wait and see if they make a mistake, or if they're running away? Do I tail them outright and try to see if I can catch up? Or do I step back a little bit to see where their trajectory is so that way I can find a way to just execute an attack straight through? So it's definitely like interesting in that regard. Uh, the way I kind of think about it, at least in terms of like the differences between like a parkour skills challenge and like chase tag, I would say parkour skill is like a, it's like doing a jigsaw puzzle. While chase tag is like you're playing chess or checkers with someone and you get that feedback of like what to do next. You get maybe a 
big extra variable thrown in. I don't know what, because you don't know what the other runner is going to do. Exactly. Uh, it, it's uh, kind of like going in blind. <laughs> <laughs> it's it. I'm, I'm wondering how much of it is mental. Like, um, what's the time format? Are, is it always the same for a chase or? Uh, so it is 20 seconds in each chase and there is a 25 second break in between afterwards the goal for the chasers to try and get them before the 20 seconds ends the goal for the evader is the opposite to try and not mm-hmm. get tagged for 20 right seconds mm-hmm. and then whenever the chase ends that's when it goes into like the 25 second break um I'm sorry, I kind of forgot your question. Well, I was I was going to ask about how how the time seems to flow when you're in the space, and then it occurred to me that even I don't know how long the how long the like the dashes are, the chases are. Uh, so if you're if you're chasing and then uh, getting a break and chasing, and getting a break, and you're sort of like going in and out of the of the chase, and it seems to me that you want to be in the flow state when you're doing the chase because you, you have a better chance of of noticing all the details and and being able to find the right solution um does it does it get like tiring or annoying to have to take breaks or is it is it like the 20 seconds goes by and you have no idea what happened oh now i'm taking a break like i'm just wondering about that going in and out of flows um you know, oh, yeah. flow state, not a flow state like as a chaser like is it a different experience when you're cha- you know i know the experience is different but is the flow state different when you're chasing versus being chased so it's yeah. a very artificial not necessarily bad, but that's a very artificial scenario to find yourself in. 20 seconds of 100%, 25 seconds of, well, now physical, very low, but still 100% mental because I'm trying to review and all these things. And I'm just wondering about mm-hmm. that dipping in and out of flow state in, those, in that staccato-y type of sequence. Yeah, so actually that's one thing that I've been trying to look into a lot more is how to be able to kind of go in and out of that flow state sufficiently. Mm-hmm. Um, an example is actually last year, um for the second usa competition i remember i was like doing this whole drive like it was an hour drive to like get to the venue from like where airbnb was and pretty much the whole time was just like blasting all these different like music songs that i had in my catalog that i used specifically for trying to kind of activate my brain to go into the flow state so whenever i go into like a training session or anything i would always listen to like these same songs and then mm-hmm. from there, what would happen is my brain would get the little That's flip the, cue. Of the switch. And then it would be like, oh, okay, we need to turn on now. We have to go fast. We have to make sure we're visualizing everything and being able to anticipate everything. Like it just said it immediately. And the scary part was the whole week before that drive down, none of the songs worked. None of them. They were all just like, I was listening to them and I was like, oh, crap. Right. <laughs> I think I... I think I put myself in a corner, but I think it's, <laughs> I broke but, it. <laughs> but I think it was because of like the stress of that whole week was probably affecting it. So when I was finally like by myself, just driving, I had some like time to be clear. I was like, Oh, right. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I know what to do now. <laughs> and, uh, definitely the 20 seconds when you're chasing, when you're in that flow state feels like very short. Like you feel like you, are wasting time as the second the buzzer goes off you're just like time is gone i need Mm. to go now i need to finish while when you're an evader definitely feels like it's been slowed down 
to like a good degree. <laughs> so it's like when that, you're the rabbit, right? Exactly, because it's switched, and you're like, oh, I gotta waste time. Oh, they're already here. Oh, I gotta go. Oh my god, I ran around the quad twice. How long do we have? Still ten seconds. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering how much effort you put into actually reviewing in detail like your specific chases um does that like if you've done that and then does that um does that actually i'm guessing that would make it easier to learn lessons about chasing in the quad but i'm also wondering if you find lessons that you can take out i don't necessarily mean outside but that you can take out of the structure of chase if you find things like oh i see i'm you know, making a mistake or I have stutter steps, are you finding that it's that chase is also a magnifying glass for taking lessons uh, outward into your larger parkour practice? Oh, yeah, I definitely noticed that a lot. Um, a big example is actually my left leg being the one that kind of always does like an extra stutter step whenever I'm trying mm. to redirect is what I notice. Um, it also does help in terms of figuring out like if I'm doing a movement efficient enough because just like with like doing parkour skills comps and everything like that, I am at a disadvantage a little bit just because of my height and stature. So I need to be able to figure out what the most efficient method to get mm. from point A to point B is with the minimal amount of steps and being able to be ambidextrous is like the was not the biggest game changer, but it was definitely like a crucial thing that I worked on to make sure I could do everything on both sides. So when the moment did present itself, I could just go, oh, okay, I can just do that side because I already know how to do it. So it definitely helped a lot in that regard. Yeah. Uh, before we go too far, where can people find more about you? I'm guessing Instagram is your preferred place, but where would you like people to go if they want to get in touch with you? Let's see. So definitely go into my Instagram at frnkmj4 or funkmjfer if you want to say it all together. Um, that is my preferred place. Feel free to DM me. I'll always have them open. Nice, and nice. uh what was it i kind of have like been in a lull with my instagram lately where i haven't like really posted anything but i think after this most recent event that happened a previous weekend uh hubble x i have been kind of like re-inspired to try and create content now so mm. this is the first everyone's hearing of it just now because i made the decision on tuesday well, I'm going to try and make have, a new project. Fortunately, you have about 20 minutes before I publish this, so you, you're, commit, <laughs> you're committed now. What was it? What, what, I mean, I've never been to Hubble, Hubble Bubble? Hubble? Hubble. Hubble. I've never been to Hubble. Uh, and did you say X as in they've done it 10 times now? Yep, that was the 10th <sighs> one, which was, was, congrats. It was... It was actually set to happen on in 2020. But then, oh, as we all know, plus COVID pause. happened. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I saw uh, an interesting cartoon that was like, it's a zoomed in, you know, data table. And it says every data chart for the rest of forever. And there's like an asterisk after 2019. And then there's the little cross after 2020 <laughs> and the double cross after 2021. It's oh, like yeah. every data table for this forever is a little like that. Uh, off on a tangent. Um, for Hubble, um, you you made a, a point of saying that it... Um, it shifted you or that something you didn't say what, but something changed your desire or rekindled your passion. If I put too much effort, too much, uh, um, 
accent on it to begin, you know, resuming Instagram stuff. What, like, what was it? Was it the camaraderie? Was it the visuals? Was it the lack of 20 second time limit? What made you? <laughs> I, I think it was kind of all of the above where, um, one of the things that they decided to do for this hubble was they had kind of like films like being premiered here, like mm. team fat from London was here. So they premiered their Spain trip. Then we also had, um, these <laughs> love these kids, the toasty lizards from Portland, Oregon. And then we also had a whole bunch of other teams like coming through and like giving their team submissions and stuff of, like videos that they've been working on for a while. And it made me remember how much I enjoyed both consuming and trying to make mm. similar kinds of projects where it's like they take all this time, all this footage, they figure out the way to orchestrate it in a way that feels like it's telling their story in the viewpoint that they want it to be done. And that along with just seeing all my friends in the East Coast and also some in the West Coast just coming together and just jumping was like, wow, this is truly wild to think about. Because I'm, I always kind of see it from like a perspective, like when I first started parkour, of like, wow, I know all these people, and they're all doing cool and amazing things that I admire. Yes. So wild. Never thought in a million years I would be in this position. Yes. Uh, I am not anywhere near your, your position, but I, I'm nodding along vehemently about it's it's one thing to see people do spectacular stuff, you know, like at all about no name dropping. So it's spectacular. You you know you see these things and you're like, not only do I know where that spot is, but I've been to that spot. I can't do anything like what that video is doing, but I've been to that spot. I I actually have experienced you know the seven steps that I use to get between those two obstacles that they just did a you know plyo across, and there's something about, you know, or I've talked to that person and whatever everybody, their listening's experiences, there's something that makes that stuff extra magical when you know, like you, you know, oh, that's on the West side and it's windy or that was, and then it was chilly or though that the paint on that, that's anti-climb paint. Like all those little details make the media that you're consuming it makes it more real for you and it'd be almost impossible for the filmmaker or the photographer to capture those other things. Um, so yeah, there's definitely like a compounding effect of the more that you hang out, the more you meet somebody, the more you go places, uh, the more that stuff comes back as like, uh, not to haunt you, but comes back as these little, I don't know, uh, Easter eggs that you find in everything. Yeah. Like little reminiscent memories of like, Oh wow, that's a cool little thing. And especially when they give you context of the feats that they've performed, because you will only see like one angle of the whole feat, typically, if not, maybe two, if you're lucky, depending on if they have a friend that wants to film another <laughs> angle. So <laughs> yeah, you get the mouth view and maybe a landing, right? Exactly. Like if you're seeing it just from like uh, the side view, you're just like, oh, cool. That's a pretty big jump. But then if you looked at it at the front in the frontal plane, you'll see that it's actually like angled. And like completely yeah. far away from like <laughs> being lined up at all. And you're like, whoa, whoa. that's even crazier than I thought. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, chase tag. Uh, there's so much we could talk about, about tag. And oh, I could go on for hours, honestly. Might have to do a whole nother podcast, honestly. <laughs> well, actually you're doing, I think three different sessions at move NYC for, tag there's like an intro to chase tag and then there's 
Then there's another one. Um, yeah. So what, the, what the, is tag ticks? So the main two are the intro to chase tag workshops. One is for youth. So ages like, I can't remember what the age racket is, but younger than 16 from what I at least remember. And then the adult one is 16 plus. Um, both of those are just trying to like, just going over like the general skills of like the skills that you would want to use for chase tag. Cause you don't need a lot. You just need essentially like striding, plyoing, being able to precision, some bailing maneuvers, vaulting, not even like extensive vaults. Honestly, just you could do all of chase tag with just the step vault and you're, you're set. That's all you really need. Or, and QMing. And then from there, going over like different um, approaches of like how do you chase, how do you evade, and the different like methods you can use. Do you go with the slow approach? Do you go with the fast approach for evading? Do you choose to idle? Or do you just do a constant motion, treat everything like a temporary (laughs) obstacle? And then the final one is tactics. That one is going to be more kind of like games and theory based, where it's like just us going over like different things of like, how to kind of assess an opponent as well as like different ways you can kind of like maneuver with them or around them so that we can execute whatever your target is like if you're if you are currently evading and you see someone trying to chase you trying to just like being able to see what cue points you can for their movements to determine can they go through this thing or would they go over top are they able to like go underneath something and just trying to figure out different ways for like stalling them or on the chaser side is like okay you know your opponent is fast. Where can you find cutoff points to either A, just be able to like meet their speed and get them, or B, at least make them stumble to where you're keeping pressure on them to where they can't think? Because mm-hmm. that's the other thing that a lot of people don't realize is when you're getting chased and the person consistently stays on you, you don't get time to think really. And it's really hard to think because then you're like, they're right there, they're right there. I need to, I need to get away. I don't know where to go. It's <laughs> the reason we call it here. fight or flight, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Brain lights up. All right, Frank. As much as I hate to say it, every time I talk to people, I think I need to say I think probably, and of course, the final question: three words to describe your practice. Hmm. Oh, I do this every time. I only did this the one time. <laughs> <laughs> I purposely didn't look up what you answered the first time. I don't check. It's, there's no right or wrong answers. I'll be honest. I was gonna check, but then I was like, "No, let's just let's free ball it." <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Team Fats mantra: speed, power, belief. But no, <laughs> I mean, actually, yeah, that's not a bad one. I'll steal it from Team Fat. Why not? Speed, cool. power, belief. I like I like belief. I, I like I'm scribbling. I I like when I don't want to go too deep into it, but I like when the three words is like, ooh, I kind of didn't expect one of those words. Like when two, like when two are like, yeah, that's obvious, and the third one's like, oh, that that makes me think. I love you know, and I, I get a lot of answers like that. Um, sometimes I get answers where they all the words make me think, which is just like an embarrassment of riches. All right, Frank, I will let you, I know you're getting head, you're getting ready to head back over to the location where the event, cause you're doing some setup today. So I will get out of your hair. Thanks for taking the time. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Craig. Appreciate it.